Hello everyone, welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose. I'm going to try to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations. I'm going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Today is an episode of the Purpose Book Club. Uh, We're going over leadership strategies and tactics for January. I'm just picking random sections out there that uh, hit my heart today, um, you know, when I I record, and uh, just sharing a little bit of information, what I took from the section. Uh, This book, I say it every time, it is the most heavy-hitting book, uh, pound for pound, the knowledge that you get out of it versus the amount of words that you have to read. There is none other like it, at least none that I've found. So, um, yeah, let's get right into it. Oh, first, let's get a little bit of news for the actual book club. February, I know I said that we were going to read Dedication and Leadership. Uh, I don't think we're going to actually do it in February. So if you bought it, don't be too pissed at me. We're going to do it probably sometime later in the year. Um, but we are going to still do meditations. I'm going to go through meditations. Um, I don't know how. <laughs> it's kind of a, a hefty book. I uh, spend long enough going through two pages of Jocko. Um, I don't know how we're going to tackle meditations, but we're going to figure it the fuck out. So, um, get meditations, read along with me. It was a pretty good, it, it, it was a really good book. It had some really good nuggets in there. One thing I will just preface with, uh, before you start your reading is don't look too hard into it. Um, the, the best nuggets I found were the ones that were pretty simple and they just hit me instantly. Uh, they, it wasn't, you know, he has some long paragraphs in there that, you're just like, what? I mean, you read it and it doesn't make much sense to you. Uh, that's not how the book is supposed to be read, like super in-depth. And uh, it does have a lot of depth to it. Don't get me wrong. Be looking for places that you can learn. But I'm going to be straight up with you all guys. I got I got a lot of good stuff out of it. But I would get a couple sentences into one of his paragraphs. And I'm like, this, this isn't, this isn't for me. And I would skip it. Um, I would skim over it. And I'm like, nah, <laughs> uh, there's no point in me sitting here trying to break this down. Sentence for sentence um when it, it's it's his personal notes and so i'm not saying it doesn't have value if you can find value in the larger paragraphs uh some of them i did but a lot of them were just like oh, all right we're we're done here uh, move on to the next thing because there was so much good information in the short little quick notes that uh you can get plenty out of the book so i'm not saying don't read them all i'm saying is don't look too hard into it otherwise you are going to waste your time uh you know trying to figure out what in the fuck he means uh, you know, he, he has, he has these times where he is extremely concise and he uses exactly as many words as it takes to convey the point. Uh, but then there's other times where he uses way too many words to try to make a point and just drags it on. And it's, it's, there's just no point. So my advice for reading meditations, as you prepare for the February book club, just, uh, take it for what it's worth. Take it. I don't know if a grain of salt is the right way to take it, but take it for what it's worth and understand that the good information in that book will come to you. Like it'll, it'll be not necessarily instant. It'll make you think, but when I read that, it was like, oh, that's good. 
Like those are the things that you really need to focus on. If you read something and you go, I don't get it. Well, that's because he rambled and maybe something's lost in the translation. Maybe it's genius and the translation is just dog shit. I don't know. Um, but that's, that's my only advice for meditations. We are not going to do dedication and leadership in February. Like I talked about, but we are going to do meditations. And then after that is, um, Blood Meridian. Guys, Blood Meridian is super, super good. I'm into it right now because I'm pre-reading so that I can study and get you good content in March. But uh, yeah, get Blood Meridian. Start on that too, as well as meditations. Uh, get your pages in. Blood Meridian is a super cool read so far. I think I think y'all are really, really going to like it. So uh, keep up with me. Keep up with the book club. And I uh, appreciate y'all listening. Let's get into Jocko Willink. What The topic we're going to talk about today is called Reflect and diminish. This is a super, super valuable tool that I use in my everyday life, or I try to, I'm not very good at it. Uh, so yeah, when I tell you, like when I give you these things from Jocko Willink, uh, most of them are because I, I struggle with them and I just want to talk about them, go over them. Uh, maybe something I struggled with today actually. So, um, I'm not an expert at these. Jocko absolutely is Buy the book, try them out for yourself. I'm no expert, but I'm going to tell you what it means to me and tell you if I have had any success in the past. So we're going to start. This is going to be on page 287 of Leadership Strategies and Tactics. It's going to be Reflect and Diminish. A leader must have control over his or her emotions. Letting emotions drive decisions is a mistake. This does not mean leaders are devoid of emotions, but it does mean that they have to learn to direct and modulate them. There are times when emotions must be shown to make a point or to connect with others. Let's say one of your subordinates come in, comes into your office, face red with anger, and shouts, This is ridiculous. The supply department didn't deliver our materials on time the two weeks in a row now, and we will probably miss our deadline. That sounds uh, familiar. <laughs> Break. So clearly, your subordinate needs to calm down. But don't tell them that if your subordinate, if you tell your subordinate, "Listen, buddy, you just need to calm down." Your words will have the opposite effect. Your subordinate will get even angrier. They will be frustrated that you don't understand what is upsetting them, and it will convince them that you have zero clue about the catamaran cataclysmic, Jesus, cataclysmic effect the failure of the supply department will have on the entire organization. By telling your subordinate to calm down, you have also just opened up a chasm between you two. You are on one side and your subordinate is on the other. Instead of opening their mind, your subordinate now shuts down and doesn't hear anything else you have to say. No progress will be made. So instead of starting an adversarial conversation with your subordinate, become an ally. A good way to go about doing this is the reflect and diminish technique. Reflect and diminish means to reflect the emotions you are seeing from your subordinate, but diminish them to a more controlled level. So when your subordinate comes in fuming and screaming about the failure of the supply department to deliver materials on time, instead of telling them to calm down, raise your voice a little bit to reflect the anger, but diminish that emotion a little bit so it isn't as strong as theirs and start to de-escalate the situation. It might end up sounding something like, you got to be kidding. How late are they with the delivery? With that statement and emotions reflected, you're now on your subordinate's side. Two days, the subordinate replies, still mad, but with less venom. Now you can settle down a little bit more. Two days is way too long. We need to fix that permanently, but we also need to do something to fix the predicament that you're in. How can I help you make that happen? With this brief exchange, the situation has settled down and your subordinate can start to solve the actual problem at hand. This works with just about any emotion. If someone is sad, reflect, but try to diminish that sadness a little bit. If someone is envious, mirror a little of that envy so that you can then explain what envy really is, their ego. 
and they will actually listen to you. Even when someone thinks a comment or a situation is funny and you don't, telling them to tighten it up and be serious is going to make them think that you don't have a sense of humor. And a good sense of humor is critical for leaders. So instead, smile, maybe chuckle a little bit, and then explain why you both need to take things a little more seriously. Because your subordinate sees you have a sense of humor, and because you connect with them, they are much more likely to listen to you. This technique works up the chain of command as well as down. Don't isolate yourself emotionally from your team members. Instead, foster shared emotions, reflect their emotions, but diminish them so that they de-escalate. And you can focus on actually solving the problem at hand. Reflect and diminish. Yeah, guys, a little short section right there. Reflect and diminish is awesome. And I just lost my page because I'm an idiot. It was page 287. Um, I closed the book like I was done. So reflect and diminish is awesome. I try to use it a lot. I'm not very good at it just because, uh, let's, let me see. It's hard to control your emotions when you don't have a whole lot of them. (laughs) Um, that's kind of the best way to put it. Uh, you know, when I say control your emotions, like I, I can control my emotions, obviously, like I don't, I don't have a super, super bad temper. I don't get super, super sad sometimes, but, um, it's hard for me to like, fake emotions or, um, turn them off or on, I guess. I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I'm not very good at this. Uh, a lot of times if I don't think something is a problem, it's hard for me to not really fake, but in to share in that enthusiasm or anger or sadness, uh, I guess what a, empathy, maybe that's the word I'm looking for. My, my empathy level, not very good. Uh, and I'll tell you that right now. Yeah. So to the people who know me, yeah. Fucking surprise. Yeah. I know you're all sitting there laughing like, yeah, no shit, dude. Um, but yeah, my, my empathy level is uh, just amazing. And so it's very, very hard for me to reflect and diminish a lot of the time. But um, yeah, I, I mean, there's not too much to, to add on to this. Uh, it, it's pretty straightforward and, and I have had success trying to do it. One thing that um, you don't want to avoid, and I see this, is uh, the people that um, They'll, they'll hear that and they'll go, okay, well, what I don't need to do is immediately jump on them with criticism. So take this guy, for example, who his delivery was late from the supply department. Uh, materials are two weeks late. That is the story of my fucking life for the past two years, by the way. Um, <laughs> materials are, are not on time. And so uh, this, the, the, the word, they're going to miss their deadline. And uh, a lot of people will say, well, I'm not going to immediately shut them down, but I'm not going to... Uh, I, I don't want to reflect their anger as well. So they'll go, they'll approach it in like a super calm matter of fact type of way. Like, Oh, well, how do we fix your problem? You know, like, Oh, well let's, let's get this fixed, you know? And they're not actually reflecting the emotion. I catch myself doing that sometimes to where people want their emotion reflected. And what's going to happen is you're going to say, well, how do we get this fixed? And they say, well, fucking Jim Bob and you know, Joey, this and that, this and that. Uh, and then, They just want you to share their emotion. So because you haven't shared their emotion, you're just trying to help them fix their problem. Even though you're not saying, hey, you need to calm down. You're saying, oh, well, let's fix your issue. You're not sharing in their emotion. So what's going to happen is they're going to continue on. And they're going to say, well, F this and F that. And I can't do this and this and that. uh, And this is going to screw me up so bad. And da, 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 blah, blah, blah. Uh, And they're just going to keep going until you kind of reflect that emotion. So it is a very good strategy to when they come in and go, man, I can't, I just can't believe that, you know, we got this, this, you know, this rebar is so damn late and you say man that sucks and they go yeah i just can't can't even imagine it oh man dude well how how do we how are we going to fix this 
you know, like reflect their emotion. And then when you're on the same emotional wavelength, then try to fix the problem. Just like Jocko is saying here, I, I can't say it much better than what Jocko uh, is saying other than just like I said, make sure in my experience, you are reflecting that emotion. Um, another thing is, I, I guess it's on the same topic is people want people want that shared emotion. They're not they're not coming to you uh, in an act of theater to display their emotions. The, the most likely, if they're coming to you pissed off, it's because they want you to share the emotion. Um, if they wanted solutions, they would wait and you know they would wait until they're not emotional and come in and try to find a solution. What they're wanting is they're wanting you to share the emotion. Um, and you know, Jocko talks about that, but he, he, he mentions that it's advantageous, but I don't know that he really mentions that that's actually what they're wanting. Uh, you know, yeah, they might want their problem solved, but they really want you to share in those emotions. And so even if you're not an emotional person, and again, this goes, this goes for excitement too. Um, you know, when let's say somebody I'll, I'll do, um, let's see. This is going to be kind of a bad example because I have to scale my workouts all the fucking time, but I'll, I'll talk with somebody and they're like super, super excited about their, their scaled workout. And it, it, you know, it's like, sometimes it's one of my friends that'll talk to me like super, super excited about their scaled workout. Um, but they're like not wanting to move any farther. And so I'll be super, super excited with them. And then I'll kind of diminish a little bit and be like, okay, well, you know, how are we going to, how are we going to progress? And that's, that's kind of a bad example because we should just be happy that they're working out anyway. But my, my whole point of this is that you can take this in, in other ways. So let's say if somebody's super excited about something that's bad for them, let's, let's go that direction because I just sounded like an ass with the workouts, um, which, you know, isn't new for me, but, uh, <laughs> let's go like if somebody's super excited about something that's bad for them. So yeah, like say somebody bought something, um, that was, a, Oh, this is a, this is a good one. Like a scam. Um, let's say somebody gets scammed on something and you know, they got scammed on something. They bought a product and it was actually a counterfeit. This actually happens in, and, uh, I, I cannot believe I'm going to say this, but in the knife world, I'm super big into pocket knives. It's a bunch of nerdy dudes on Facebook with Facebook groups. I, yeah, don't skim over that. But in the knife world, somebody will buy something. They're super excited about it. And then we all kind of have to come together and tell them that it's a counterfeit. Um, they just got, you know, scammed really, really bad. And you're not going to, you're not going to make any friends by coming in there and being like, Oh, Hey dude, that's, that's fake. Sorry, dude. I mean, the, the guy just lost 500 fucking dollars and you just ruined his excitement. So what we're going to do is going to go, Oh, Hey man, that's awesome. I love the way those knives look. Uh, yeah, dude, those, that's so sick. Hey man, what, you know, does it have this on it? And they're going to go, Oh no, why? Oh, well, I don't know. The, the knife still looks pretty damn sick. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to work good for you, but man, I, I don't know if that's a real microtech brother. And they're going to go, what? And you're going to go, yeah, yeah, man. You know, some of the, some of the knockoffs can be made pretty, pretty damn well. But, uh, what is it? Does it have this on it? And you're going to go, no, man, it doesn't. And then you're going to go like, oh, you know, sorry, dude. That's, uh, yeah, man, I think that's kind of a counterfeit. I, I think you got a little screwed there. And uh, instead of just bringing them from 100 to zero uh, instantly and they're going to like really not like you, uh, you can kind of share in their excitement and talk them down a little bit. And then they're actually going to trust what you have to say. Um, kind of a bad example. I just really want to articulate that this goes up and down the spectrum. It's not only negative emotion. Uh, this can be whenever your opinion or what needs to happen is in opposition to their, their, uh, 
their extreme emotion. So if somebody's displaying an extreme emotion and if reality or uh, what needs to happen in the situation or the problem uh, is in opposition to their emo- to their emotion, this is when we're going to use reflect and diminish. Works really well. Use it in the home when your wife is uh, when your wife is nagging on you or your wife has something that really is is not very important to you and you really want to get out of the conversation pretty quickly because it doesn't much matter. You say, "Oh man, that's that's awesome." I, you you know, I can't believe that or, um, oh man, that, that really sucks. Like Shelby got, you know, went to that lash place again after you told her not to. Oh no. Hey, what do you want for dinner? Um, so yeah, try it. And, uh, if you're sneaky enough, you won't get caught and happy wife, happy life. So don't tell me how I know. And uh, I'm really bad at it. So I get caught often and, uh, it doesn't work out for me. So, uh, try at your own risk and (laughs) see how it works. But anyway, guys, that's what I've got on reflect and diminish super, super useful super useful in the workplace. Uh, you're going to create a lot of friends. If you, I say friends, you're going to build a lot of influence. Let's, let's use Jocko's terms. You're going to gain a lot of leadership capital with your peers. If you're using reflect and diminish, it's super good. It's super difficult. Practice it all the time. Practice it all the time. Uh, yeah. So anyway, guys, that's all I've got. Tune in on Sunday. We're going to have a really, really good episode. Got a guy coming in that I've been talking to for a while and he's got a lot of good stuff to say. Got a wife and a kid. He's doing amazing. I'm not going to tell you his name, but you need to tune in. You need to plan on it. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and y'all have a good one.